So again, we'd like to honor our, our mothers among us uh, this morning. Happy Mother's Day. And uh, yeah, I know a thing, I, I know that uh, being a mother at, t- at times can be a thing of joy. At times it can be a thing of uh, difficulty. Sometimes it can be a, a thing of sorrow. And, uh, you know, we want to be sensitive to that. You know, one of the most difficult realities faced by mothers is the gradual letting go of their children, you know, releasing the, the little ones from their protection, watching them make their own way in the world. And for uh, Tracinda Fox, however, letting go came much too early in, in her baby's life. Uh, on December of 2005, her apartment building in the Bronx caught fire. And with flames quickly engulfing her third floor bedroom, she was forced to contemplate the unthinkable. Uh, outside, there, were, there was a group of onlookers 30 feet below her open window, and uh, they watched with growing concern as the smoke billowed around the mother and her one-month-old child. And with no fresh air in the apartment, uh, she leaned out the, the window with, with her baby And finally, with all other options exhausted, she let go of her baby. The infant tumbled three stories down into the waiting arms of uh, Felix Vasquez. He was a housing authority employee and a catcher on the local baseball team. (laughs) He was also a former lifeguard, and he performed mouth-to-mouth resuscitation on on the baby until the paramedics arrived and, and saved the baby's life. Well, moments later, uh, Tracinda was rescued from her apartment by the firefighters, reunited with her, her child. Uh, neither was seriously injured. And, uh, you know, ask later about a painful decision to drop her baby from the window. She said, I prayed someone would catch him and save his life. I said, God, please save my son. I can't imagine having to do that. Dropping a baby from a window like that—it would, it would take a, a tremendous amount of trust. And um, this woman knew she, she knew she had to let go. You know, being a mother is not a, a thing for the, the faint-hearted. You know, it requires a, a woman to make some tough decisions at times. Sometimes uh, decisions that are that are risky and and heart-wrenching. You know, requires her to make decisions for her children based on faith. Well, I'd like to talk about another mother this morning. Uh, She's famous in the scripture for her faith. Her name is Jochebed. Now, Jochebed was born into slavery slavery in Egypt some 400 years after uh, Jacob, his sons, and their families uh, moved to Egypt to, to escape a famine. Her name, Jochebed, means Yahweh is power. The Lord is power. And we'll see that God used her powerfully in the history of the people of Israel. You know, we know from the Old Testament genealogies that her family was from the tribe of Levi. We don't know much about her, but we can say with a good amount of certainty that she grew up learning about God. She grew up hearing stories about how God called Abraham out of, 
out of his hometown in the east, and he was promised a, a homeland for his descendants. So you would have heard the stories about Abraham's son Isaac and, and Isaac's son Jacob. She would have heard about how her family ended up in, in Egypt. And I could just imagine Jochebed as, as a child sitting around the, the fire with, with the other kids and, you know, for the hundredth time saying, Abba, tell, tell us about Noah and his big boat. Tell us about how Joseph and his, his brothers, about how Joseph's brothers lied about him uh, being killed by the animals. Tell us these stories again and these you know, these, these stories just over and over again, she heard about them. She would have been taught about how mighty God was, about how good he was to his people, how well he provided for them. Well, at some point, Jochebed married her nephew. Uh, her nephew was a, a guy named Amram. He was also a, a Levite, of course. And some time later, Jochebed gave birth to a baby girl. She named her Miriam. Uh, the meaning of, of Miriam's name is, is disputed. You know, it, it may mean bitter waters. That's, that's what it would be in, in Hebrew. But if it, it is of Egyptian origin, as a lot of commentator, commentators think, uh, it would mean loved one. Loved one. Well, a few years later, Jochebed would have a baby boy, and they would name him Aaron. Aaron comes from an Egyptian name, which means the name is great. In Hebrew, it means strong. And as a man, Aaron would be the strong head of a family of of priests. Well, this was a tough time for the Hebrews in Egypt. Remember Joseph, how he brought his father and his brothers to Egypt, you know, uh, with the blessing of of Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Pharaoh set them up rather nicely in in one region of of Egypt. And the Hebrews flourished there. And (coughs) Exodus begins with this 400 years later. It says in chapter 1, verse 7, The people of Israel were fruitful, and they increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. So a few hundred years, 400 years after Joseph, things had changed. The current Pharaoh didn't know Joseph, really didn't care about Joseph. He sees the Hebrew people and and how well they've done in the land, how they've multiplied, and he feels like the uh, the country is just being overrun by, by these Hebrews. So he enslaves them. He puts taskmasters over them. Uh, work, working them into the ground, really, and, and what happens? They thrived. <laughs> the harder he worked them, the more he thrived under, the more they thrived under God's hand. The harder he worked them, the more unreasonable he was, the better they did. So he comes up with a plan. He tells the Hebrew midwives to kill any male baby which is born to a a Hebrew woman. And uh, obviously, murder is is in violation of God's law. Thankfully, the the midwives disobeyed this ungodly, sinful edict. You know, God's law is going to overrun Pharaoh's command. 
And they had the courage to, to let the boys live. And God's people kept thriving. It says in Exodus 1, 20 through 22, So God dealt well with the midwives. midwives. And the people multiplied, and they grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, Every son that is born to the Hebrews you shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. And, uh, you know, this is, this is the environment then which Jochebed finds herself in when she, realize, when she realizes once again she's pregnant. Uh, you know, what a, what a thing of joy, right? What a thing of worry. You know, what, what kind of thoughts did, did she have? What kind of thoughts and conversations did she have with, with her husband? You know, what, what are we going to do if, if this baby is a boy? Oh, I hope it's a girl. Well, we have the story in Exodus chapter 2. Turn with me to the first verse of, of Exodus 2. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. And she put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the river bank. And his sister stood at the distance to know what would be done with him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her young woman walked beside the river. And she saw the basket among the reeds and she sent her servant woman and she took it. And when she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. Now, Jochebed's mother was a woman of faith. And her faith shows in, in three areas. You know, first, she had the faith to, to stand up against evil. She had the faith to uh, let go of her child. And then she had the faith to have great impact on her children and, and future generations. So she had the faith to take a stand against evil when... When, Mar- when Moses was born, it says that she saw that he was a fine child. That's how it reads in the, uh, the English Standard Version. Uh, some words in other translations are beautiful, healthy, good, or, or special. Well, the Hebrew word is tov, tov, which can mean all those things. It's, it's the same word that's used in the uh, creation account, you know, when God saw everything he'd made, and he said, it's good. It's good. Jacobed saw this baby boy was tov. Jewish rabbi Beno Jacob, in his commentary on Exodus, says she looked upon the child with a joy similar to that which God had 
upon his creation. In in Acts 7.20, where Stephen is giving his defense uh, before the council, he recounts the history of God's people. And when he comes to the birth of Moses, he says, at this time Moses was born and he was beautiful in God's sight. He was beautiful in Jacobet's sight as well. She saw this child as a gift from God, coming from God, beautiful, good. You know, Moses was born and Jacobet saw he was he was tov, he was good. And she wasn't about to discard this baby. So she kept him hidden for three months. Uh, that's a risky thing to do. I don't know how you hide a baby. I don't know how you keep a, ba- a baby hidden, but she did. And you know, we can imagine during this time, uh, she and Amrant had a lot of conversations, a lot of sleepless nights. What do we do? Uh, you know, we, we, we can't hide him forever. Uh, surely they prayed intensely for God to give them direction. And uh, you know, we know that Moses' mother was a woman of faith and that what she did was was by faith. In, in fact, these... These parents are uh, listed in the the Faith Hall of Fame in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 23 says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. So, you know, this is a good example of a case where obedience to God overrides the command and the, uh, the responsibility to obey the uh, civil government. Remember in Acts chapter 5, Peter and the apostles told the officials who prohibited them from preaching the gospel, they said, we must, we must obey God rather than man. Of course, some people take this to uh, mean that they can disobey government officials uh, anytime they disagree with the government officials and that's not right. You know, I don't like going 25 through a uh, city at Chihuahua. But I do. Uh, and going 25 doesn't disobey God's commands. If I go 30, I'm disobeying God's command to obey the civil authorities. I need to follow the law. But you know what? If the governor tells me to kill my child, I'm not going to do it. Uh, that's that's a no-brainer. I'm going I'm to obey God rather than man. But even so, if I disobey the government, you know, I need to be willing to uh, suffer the consequences. And Jacobed did. Uh, mothers, you you know, there may come a time when you need to stand up to evil on behalf of of our children, your children. You must obey God. And in her faith, you know, that verse we read in, in Hebrews. It was by faith that she disobeyed. You know, she, took, she took a godly stand against evil. She put her life on the line knowing that uh, if she was discovered, she would be discovered, she would be killed. According to Hebrews, Moses' parents were not afraid of, of the king's edict. They had strong confidence in God. You know, if they were caught, they would entrust themselves to God. So Jacobet had faith to stand up to evil Yet she had the faith to uh, let go of her child. 
know, this, this is kind of the surprising thing about the story. You know, I, I grew up hearing this story. And, uh, you know, as, as, a, as a child, it just, you know, since I heard it so many times, nothing surprised me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, as, as an adult, when I think about this, uh, you know, she had to let go of her son. She had to let go of her son into the hands of the family who was killing sons. This is incredible. Talk about faith, the, the need for faith. You know, let's, let's be clear, Jochebed did not abandon her son, but God gave her the faith. Her faith in God gave her the strength to, to release him. You know, when it, when it came to the point to where she couldn't hide Moses any longer, she put him in this, this little chest made of papyrus, most likely. She, she waterproofed it so it wouldn't sink. She placed it among the reeds in the riverbank at, at the place where Pharaoh's daughter would, would bathe. I remember when I was younger, I thought that'd be pretty cool to put my little brother in a in a basket and float him down the river. I didn't do it. Anyway, when Jochebed put him in a safe Jochebed put him in a safe place where he wouldn't float down the river among the reeds. Uh, Moses' older sister Miriam was was stationed there, keeping an eye on him. Verse ten: When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. She became her son. She named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. You know, Jochebed released Moses. She trusted in God. She had strong faith. Another aside here, by the way, did you know that Nile crocodiles can grow up to 20 feet? Uh... It's one of the largest of the crocodilian species. Um, amazing. Faith. Yeah, so when Pharaoh's daughter found him, God provided a way for Moses' mother to get paid for nursing her own son. But you know, she, she let go of Moses with faith to be raised as an Egyptian once he was weaned. And we don't know any of the details, but, uh, you know, that must have been pretty difficult for her. You know, it's not, I'm sure, what she would have chosen to do. That was not her first choice, but uh, her action saved Moses' life, and God used that faith. Uh, I think most mothers here know what it's like to let go. You know, it's, and it's hard. Uh, you, you spend years raising a child, teaching and, and nurturing, protecting. But you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for, for your child. You're, you're caring for them. You're, you're teaching them the way of, of the Lord. And you're preparing them for a time when they'll be on their own. You know, there, there will come a time when each child needs to be let go, a time when mothers and fathers will need to relinquish their, their control of, of their children. Now, of course, some children need to be strongly encouraged to go out on their own. 
But you know, this is, this is God's plan. This is God's plan. Parents are to prepare their children for adulthood and adult responsibility. You know, this is why in Genesis 2.24 it says, Therefore a man will leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. You know, it's the parent's job to, to bring up children who will become adults who don't need to be controlled by their parents. You know, it may be difficult to trust a new son-in-law with your daughter. Maybe difficult to trust a new daughter-in-law with, with your son. But it's probably not as hard as to send them off to a pagan ruler who's, who's killing sons. But we need to teach them well while we, while we have them and then trust God when, it, when it's time to let them go. You know, it's not our job to control where they live, how many children they're going to have, things like that. You know, there, there are other ways in which mothers are, are called to, uh, by faith, give up their children. Some mothers have, have lost children. They've had to let them go and entrusting them in, into the arms of God. Some mothers have lost their children to uh, the world. Their, their children have, have strayed. They've, they've left their, their faith and they've had to entrust their children to the Lord. All these things take a tremendous amount of faith. So Jochebed had the faith to stand up to evil, to let him go, entrusting Moses to God. And as a result, her faith had great impact on her children and future generations, even affecting us today. You know, this is is a great story. Uh, Commentator Peter N. says, The birth of Moses, in keeping with the recreation theme in chapter 1, is not merely about the birth of one man, but represents the birth of a people. The Savior of God's people is born, and through him they will receive a new beginning. Their slavery will end, and their Savior will bring them safely into their rest, the, the promised land. Here's a key verse in, in Hebrews 11. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Let me, let me read this passage, 23 through 27. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had, was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. So even though Moses grew up as the the privileged son of, you know, the adoptive son of, of Pharaoh's daughter, you know, by faith he gave that up. He gave up that life of wealth and privilege. He gave that up in favor of identifying with the Hebrew people, God's people, and we, I think we can 
surely credit Jochebed and Amram, his, his parents, for this. You know, these verses in Hebrews give credit to uh, the, both the mother and the father. But the passage in Exodus puts the emphasis on the mother. You know, even for the short time that she's able to, conv- or to, to keep Moses, um, he grew up knowing who he was who his people were, and, and most importantly, who, who his God was. You know, so this gave him the, the foundation upon which to do that, to forsake the, uh, the wealth and pleasure that would be his if he chose to identify with the Egyptians and become one of them. But he chose to be mistreated with his Hebrew brothers than to enjoy sinful pleasures. Uh, the, the influence of his mother affected him deeply. And, uh, you know, he grew up knowing God, knowing right from wrong. His parents had instilled in him somehow a deep-rooted faith. You know, they, they had given him a, a moral compass. And even 40, later, 40 years later then, he was able to, to choose God. And, of course, God had a lot of work to do with, on Moses, just as he does with all of us. But then God used Moses in very significant ways. It's kind of interesting that in this narrative, uh, Jochebed and Amram aren't even named. We we see the the mother and, and the father, parents. We know their names from the genealogies. You have to... You'll have to uh, look look these up. Exodus uh, six nineteen through twenty and Numbers twenty six fifty eight through through fifty nine. That's also how we know that uh, Jochebed married her nephew. Anyway, you know we cannot forget about the impact of Jochebed's faith on Moses's brother and Moses's sister, Ariam, or Aaron and Miriam. Excuse me, Aaron and Miriam. You know, where would Moses have been without them? When Moses encountered God in the wilderness, in the, in the burning bush, you know, God told him to go to Pharaoh and, and secure their freedom. Exodus 3, 6, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Notice this. God references Moses' father. Moses knows who his father is. He knows his identity. He knows he's the son of Amram, a descendant of Abraham, that he's also a a descendant of Aaron. Along with his sister Miriam and and his brother Aram, Moses was selected, was chosen by God to, uh, to bless the nations. He chose to obey God in leading God's people and leaving behind his his Egyptian identity, the identity of the the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Well, in conclusion, uh, Jochebed, the mother of Moses, Aaron and Miriam, uh, she's not even named, but she's given a permanent place in the the gallery of, of, of faithful saints, you know, we don't know much about her. 
and her her faith her, her faithful dedication was was done behind the scenes we know very little about what she did but we know the effects we know the results you know she didn't try to make a name for herself she didn't seek fame she didn't look for what was best for her but she faithfully did what was best for her her children she did by faith what honored god you know, she represents in this way uh, countless mothers who have lived lives of, of self-sacrifice, you know, bringing up children who would, who would also be numbered among the faithful. You know, mothers, who, who knows if your son might be the next D.L. Moody or, or Billy Graham? Who knows if your daughter may influence the world like uh, Elizabeth Elliot? God has placed you strategically uh, to be a mother of, of faith. Let's pray. Well, Father, we, uh, we just want to acknowledge your, your goodness for us, your provision. Lord, that you desire us to be faithful and, and that you are, are the God with a plan. Uh, we just thank you, Lord, for the mothers among us here. This morning, uh, may they be women of faith. Each each has a unique story. Uh, each has kingdom influence. Uh, Lord, may they benefit from, from your blessing upon their lives and their families. Lord, be glorified in them. For Christ's sake, amen.